This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit like and subscribe, whatever you're listening on. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King, Penn State Collegiate All-Star, Kevin Adams, and from Steelers Nation South, Rollo Coffin. Well, he'll be here in a few minutes. Our special guest tonight, we're joined by a heavyweight boxer. He's got 54 total fights, 47 wins, 36 by KO. He's won the New England Golden Gloves. He's the winner of that. He's fought guys like J.B. Williamson, Butterbean Tyson, you name it. He he, The man has fought everyone you could think of. We got Peter McNeely here. Peter, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're going to have a Q&A for Peter after we discuss a few boxers. Tonight's going to be the, the GOAT of the 1990s, the greatest of all time there. And we're going to start with uh, Brian. All right. So... Got Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bowe, he stood at six foot five, weighed in about 240 pounds, and he had an 81 inch reach. Uh, he was really coming into his own just as the 1990s decade began. Uh, he started the decade off right by winning 18 consecutive bouts against guys like former heavyweight champions Hanklin Thomas and Tony Tubbs and top contender Tyrell Biggs. Uh, this earned him a shot at the heavyweight title. Uh, in November of 1992, Bo was able to defeat the undefeated, undisputed champion, uh, Evander Holyfield, by a unanimous decision. This gave him the IBF, WBC, and WBA world titles. But Bo actually dumped his WBC belt in the trash can about a month later after being frustrated with his manager and the commission in regards to a potential match with Lennox Lewis. Uh, Lewis later explained that he believed Bo's manager Rock Newman was afraid to allow Bo to fight Lewis. Lewis is quoted as saying, I know that if it was up to Riddick Bo to make that choice, I think maybe he would have chose to fight me because we are, we are warriors and gladiators. Uh, after a couple of successful title defenses, Bo finally barely lost to uh, uh, Holyfield in their rematch. Uh, I say barely because one judge called the fight even, one called it by a round, one called it by two. And then there was some, uh, during the fight, there was some knucklehead who crashed a hang glider into the ring. So uh, he was obviously distracted. So <laughs> uh, then uh, Bo's next three matches were all against undefeated boxers. Uh, and he won them all, including one against Herbie Hyde, uh, which earned him back the WBO title. Uh, then he rematched Holyfield and became the first boxer to ever KO him. Uh, after a couple of battles with Andrew Galata, which ended on uh, DQs, Bo decided to retire in 1997 at just the age of 29. Uh, he tried a couple of comebacks several years later, but never really returned to form. Uh, still, uh, he ended his career with a 43-1 record, 33 KOs. The vast majority of his fights occurred during the 1990s, though, and he held three heavyweight belts, beat Holyfield twice, and he was just really, really dominant despite the premature exit. What are your thoughts on Riddick Bo? The, the guy had some punching power. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny because, like you said, he tried to come back so many times. And so many times, my manager, Vinny, tried to get us the fight with him. But it just didn't happen. So I, I want to ask you this. The, the biggest fight in the 90s should have been Riddick Bowe versus Lennox Lewis. It didn't happen. Who do you think would have won? Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, Riddick Bowe. Oh, okay. That would have been a great fight to see. 
Well, let's move on to our, our second fighter here, and that is Lennox Lewis. So Lennox, you know, he he fought upright, which was kind of a unusual style at the time, but he has an incredible reach of 84. That That is a long reach. Signature punch was the straight right hand, um, which was set up by his jab. He's considered one of the greatest punchers of all time. Um, and I'm only going to talk about what he did in the 90s here. I'm not going to go into anything beyond that, but... His record in the 90s, 37 fights with a record of 35-1-1. One, and one. Um, He had that draw against Hollyfield, uh, but then he beat him in the rematch, uh, which also occurred in the 90s. Um, he did beat Tyson, but that wasn't, in, unfortunately, until 2002, but he did beat him just for the record. Um, so in the 90s, he won the European and the British heavyweight titles, the Commonwealth title, the WBC, the IBC, the IBO heavyweight titles. He's won them all. His only loss came in 1994 to Oliver McCall, and he ended up avenging that loss in 87 um, and, and beating McCall. So during all this, he still had to be, uh, you know, in great shape to go and film Ocean's Eleven. You know, he was in that. And uh, he also walked, uh, aided the British Bulldog at SummerSlam in 92 to help uh, in a match against Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> but uh, fighter of the year in 99, and um, George Foreman – uh, declared that Lewis was the greatest of all time after he had knocked out Mike Tyson. So, uh, Peter, let me ask you, how do you fight a guy that's fighting an upright type of style like that with, with a reach of 84? How do you fight someone with that? Um, well, his was 86. Oh, okay. So it's very old. My 74. So it's, you know, it's very difficult um, to fight over that height and reach. Yeah. And with the, the sheer punching power uh, coming in with that straight right hand that he does, I mean, it, is is there any way to, to block that, to get out of the way? Like, what, what what's your best bet to survive that punch coming at you? Well, I, I, I personally get right on him so to take that reach away from him once once he's able to exercise that reach to me the fight's over right well kevin why don't you tell us about mike tyson mike tyson nicknamed uh iron mike kid dynamite the baddest man on the planet uh, he was known for his intimidation. I mean, the dude was ferocious in the ring. He also had some controversial behaviors, as we all know. Um, he was a heavy hitter, though. <laughs> his knockout to win percentage was 88%. Uh, he was ranked 16th on the Ring Magazine's list of 100 greatest punchers of all time. Uh, he was first on ESPN's list of hardest hitters in heavyweight history. Sky Sports described him as the most ferocious fighter to step in the ring. He was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame as well as the World Boxing Hall of Fame. A Bleach Report had listed him as the number three best boxer uh, of the heavyweight class in the 1990s. He's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Um, he was the undisputed heavyweight champion for three years in a row when he was entering the 90s. Um, the man won his first 19 professional fights. Three of them were in the first, or 12 of them, I'm sorry, were in the first round. Youngest boxer to ever win the heavyweight title. He also held the WBA, WBC, and IBF titles all at the same time. Uh, but in 92, we all know he got into some legal troubles, went to prison. Uh, but when he was released in 95, he had some comeback fights, including 
uh, one against uh, Peter here, which uh, TV Guide listed that as uh, it was on the list of the 50 greatest TV sports moments of all time uh, in 1998. Uh, the fight, his first fight uh, from the comeback, grossed 96 million dollars worldwide, including a record 63 million dollars in the United States for pay-per-view. It also claimed the viewership and revenue records for pay-per-view. One and a half million uh, homes purchased his first comeback fight. Uh, he regained the WBA and WBC titles in 96 uh, to join five other boxers as the only men in boxing history to regain a heavyweight championship after losing it. And then in 1997, we all know about the bite hurt around the world, literally, um, when he bit Holyfield uh, and lost his WBA title. Uh, he was also stripped of the WBC, unfortunately. But he finished his record 15-6, 44 knockouts. Of his fights in the 90s, he went 9-3. and um, And let's face it, he still has the greatest boxing video game of all time. So, <laughs> Pete, um, Peter, let, let me ask you about Tyson here. When you found out you were going to be his first fight after getting out of prison there, what were your thoughts when, when you found that out? Oh, it, it was talked about for so long that, um, I mean, I, I I just did what I usually do and go right at him. Um, but I was amazed at his speed, uh, blinding fast speed, and... And I got hit with uh, his best punch. In the end, the uppercut. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, to me, he was the greatest of all times. And and how, how did you deal with the hype for that match? Oh, geez. It was, it was really crazy. Um, you know, the whole world descended on... Just to say that I was on Letterman, Leno, and Larry King Live alone showed you the magnitude of that fight. Yeah, Brian. Uh, let me let me ask you real quick. So, with Tyson, uh, you know this will probably help with our decision in voting later. He kind of peaked in the eighties, didn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't the same fighter after he got back. I mean it. Um, it was just, he was, uh, he was focused at times, you know, when he was trying to get back up to that, you know, level again, but then there was times where he was really distracted too. So, uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't the same fighter in, in, in that second decade. Well, let's move on to our final fighter tonight. And, uh, Rollo is going to be rep representing the real deal, Evander Holyfield. Evander, real deal, Holyfield. He's the only one of this group that is the undisputed heavy, uh, champion in two weight classes. Uh, he held the WBA and WBC and IBS titles from 90 to 92. He also held the WA and IBS titles from 93 to 94 and the WBA title from 96 to 99. And he also held the, um, the IBS titles from 97 to 99. He went 13-4-1 during the 90s. But he did not – he beat everyone except for – uh, Lennox Lewis in the 90s. He beat George Foreman. He beat Michael Moore. He beat uh, Riddick Bowe. He beat Tyson twice, back-to-back. Uh, -back. So he, his, his, his legend stands the test of time. He's very underrated when it comes to 
the names, when you mention the greatest boxers of all time, but his record uh, and the people he fought should show that he should be listed among the greatest of all time. Peter, what are your thoughts on Holyfield? Um, I agree with him. Um, I mean, the guy, the guy, if nothing else, the man had a great chin. He could box, he could punch, he could do it all. Yeah. And he was another one that wouldn't retire. He just kept going and going and going. Yeah. Yes. Kevin, let, let me ask you real quick, because you did represent Tyson. Um, you mentioned the, the ear-biting incident. What were your thoughts when you saw that go down? Paper chew. Paper chew. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, I think it, it damaged the, the well, it damaged his legacy for sure, uh, even more than what it was already um, prior to that. With all the troubles that he had going on in the 90s, just to add that into the mix, that was it was a disgrace to the sport, unfortunately, and, and I was I was shocked. Well, let's jump into our vote here, guys. Cannot vote for your own. Brian, who are you taking? Um, I think I got I got to go. Uh, Lance Lewis. Um, you know, I mean that that fight never happened. You know, <laughs> with him and Bo, and then and, and, you know that would that may have changed things. So I'll go with Lennox. Rallo. I actually know I actually know Lennox Lewis. So um and he beat my guy twice. Uh he went uh had a, un, he beat him, beat him twice, but he did beat him uh once and then had a, a decision. So I gotta go with Lennox Lewis. Kevin. I'm actually gonna go with Holyfield. Okay. So uh with my vote, man, I was just looking at this, you know, I, I agree that Tyson uh, I think he was the best if we were talking 1980s. I think it's hands down. If we were talking 1980s, he's the best, but I can't give it to him for the 90s. He had too many losses in the 90s. Uh, Hollyfield, you know, he lost – he did beat um, Bo, but he lost twice to Bo. So I, I got to give him the a little under Bo there. And, uh, you know, Hollyfield lost to Lewis, so my vote is going to Riddick Bo. Peter, who would you take as the best of the 90s? Tyson. Okay. I I have to because he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's two votes for uh, Lennox Lewis, one for Hollyfield, one for Bo. So win tonight for Tyson. Let's move into our Q&A for Peter uh, about his career. Peter, my first question for you is, how did you get hooked up with the endorsement for Pizza Hut after that Mike Tyson fight? Did they come to you? Did your promoter go to them? Uh, my my well, first it was um, and people don't remember this, but our first commercial was for AOL America Online, um, and. And it was pretty cool doing it because the director was Ben Stiller. Oh, wow. Yeah, myself and Vinny worked side by side with Ben Stiller for like eight, eight nine hours. Hmm. Cool. And then, uh, uh, you know, obviously Pizza Hut got, you know, both AOL and Pizza Hut got a hold of 
my my guy Vinny, and and that was how it all worked, you know worked out. But um, uh, I'm more known for the Pizza Hut commercial. We'll go uh, Kevin Roll O'Brien. Uh, uh, is there anybody uh, that you wanted to box that you just didn't get to during your career? Uh, I, well, originally in September of 94, during King Productions, um, I, I just signed a contract with Don King Productions in June. So in September, when McCall beat uh, Lennox Lewis. Um, I was, it was announced that I was going to be the first title defense. But uh, at the time, I was ranked 12th in the world, and the WBC stepped in and said, No, no, no. Um, you have to be ranked in the top 10. Uh, so that fight, you know, got scrapped, and and it obviously, um, you know, made later made room for the fight with Tyson. Hmm. Good, Rollo. Peter. How did you get started in boxing? What was your like? What was your what made you want to get into uh, to boxing? And when did you well, uh, have your first like training and stuff like that? It was it was um, a known thing that I'm a I am a third generation pro boxer. My grandfather Tom McNeely Senior. Then. More known, my father, Tom McNeely Jr., um, you know, fought Floyd Patterson for the heavyweight championship of the world December 4, 1961, in uh, Toronto, Canada. And, um, uh, and you know, I, growing up, I have, I, I have. The Sports Illustrated, my dad was on the cover of, and Ring Magazine. Still have. Nice. But growing up in Medfield, Mass., where was it going to be box, you know? And when I was at Bridgewater State College, which is next to Brockton, the city of champions. Mm. So that's where uh, boxing began for me in um, summer of '87, and but things really got going after I went to the Petrelli Gym in Brockton, um, and I only had 21 amateur fights. That's it. Um, I met Vinny in uh, summer of 1990. Uh, he needed a sparring partner for Paul Poirier. So I went down to Whitman next to Brockton 
it started firing in Nepal, and and Vinny Vinny said to Cliff Fippen, who became my assistant trainer and cut man, um, he said to Cliff, uh, "We got to get this kid McNeil. He, he's the best young prospect heavyweight in the area." and kind of all just went from there. Um, uh, things happen, you know, for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And thank God it happened for the good for me. Well, you had a couple of very impressive bouts, uh, KOing a very good fighter, J.B. Williamson. Uh, you also took the WSBF title, uh, after KOing uh, Mike Sams, of course, you had the guts to get into the ring with Mike Tyson. You know, for that, you've got my utmost respect. Uh, when you look back at your career, which bout would you say that you are the most proud of? Um, you know, and I say this to people often, I'm proud of, uh, we fought 37 fights in 44 months to get to Tyson. Wow. And that's, you know, that was what we did. And, and I, I'm proud of that. Um, I can't, I can't really uh, claim too much else besides that. Kevin, go ahead. Um, Tyson was my 38th fight, but at the end, I had 54. Um, I was lucky enough, at, you know, near the end of my career, to go to Copenhagen, Denmark, and fight Brian Nielsen, and then go to Cape Town, South Africa. It was my last pro fight. Um, you know, seeing other parts of the world um, was pretty cool, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Peter, who, yeah. was a, who was a boxer that you kind of looked up to? I know you said you're third generation, so I'm sure your dad and grandfather are some boxers you looked up to, but outside of family, who was like a boxer that really motivated you and you looked um, up to? Um, Ali and Marvelous Marvin Adler. My father took us to meet Marvin way down in Provincetown where Marvin trained. And um, it was pretty cool. My father knew Marvin. So Marvin was like, oh, yeah, great, Tommy. Come on in, you know. And, and, um, and we saw him. Well, that was one day and another day. We watched Marvin train. Right. I mean, they, they don't, it doesn't get any better than Marvelous Marvin Hagler. You know what I mean? Well, Peter, that the uh, your pregame uh, 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 talk there, your pre-match talk before um, uh, you fought Mike Tyson is something that's, that's you out want, on YouTube. You want me to do it right now? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, yeah. <laughs> I'm Hurricane Peter McNeely from Benfield, Mass. On Saturday night, watching King Tyson's ass. If you haven't made your payment arrangements yet, 
make them soon. Because you know what happens when I wrap you in my cocoon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you were you trying to hype yourself up? Were you trying to intimidate Tyson? What, what was going on there? Um, uh, I don't know. It just kind of all fit together, you know? Yeah, just um, kind of came out, huh? <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Um, a guy said to me, way, like, like, probably a guy played high school football with Dave Fleming. He was the guy that came up with Cocoon of Horror. So that was, uh, I, I, I said that one 10 days before the fight at a press conference in LA. Um, and then of course, you know, before that press, the night before that press conference, I was on the Jay Leno show. Right. Which was in LA. Um, and as far as, um, you know, knowing full well how you said the Tyson of the 80s was better, when I fought Mike Tyson in June of 95, he just turned 29, which is prime time. Fred, we boxing. Right, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we could argue over that for hours. Over, over who's better, which Tyson was better at which time. But the Mike Tyson coming out of prison was a pretty tough customer to beat. Yeah. So let, let me ask you then. Um... I, you got 36 knockouts. So obviously you got a little more power than than some people were expecting because that's quite a few KOs uh, in the amount of fights that you had. That's pretty impressive. So, um, you know, what was your thoughts on your style of fighting and, and were there some people who might have underestimated you? Well, the, what people don't know is in, in only 21 amateur fights, uh, I beat two number one ranked USA ABL contenders, uh, James Johnson and Bobby Harris. And they were top five USA ABF contenders at that time. So, you know, when I met Vinny, he said, look, uh, you know, forget about I had one last amateur fight with Vinny and things just seemed to get better when Vinny took over my career at that point as far as getting knockouts. Um, and you know, I, one thing Vinny said was Peter listens. He listened to me, and he does what I, you know what what I want him to do, and and I just you know felt like, hey, this guy's gonna gonna help my career. I better listen to him. Right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Peter, and talking with us. We appreciate your time. 
No problem. I, I thank you guys. Uh, I appreciate you having me out today. I want to remind everybody, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. We'll see you all next time. Everyone have a great night.